Guess who just got banned on TikTok? This is Raffi. Guess who's so popular on TikTok? It's the David DC, Nini Paris. And this is Wait, Don't Do It, where we tell you to wait, girl. Um, stop code switching and be secure in yourself, okay? In all these spaces. You deserve to take up space authentically, okay? And I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. Into- we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We just got fucking bl- uh, banned for going live on TikTok for no fucking reason. And I'm still really pressed on that, y'all. Um, press, 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 press. I'm already telling Nunu while she's editing this episode. The title of this episode is called, Wait, We Got Banned on TikTok, period. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we were talking about code switching on the on the live we were just doing. On, we, were, we already shot this episode of wine. And then all of a sudden, we were on live on TikTok, and we just got the boot for no reason. Um, and now we can't go live on TikTok anymore. So this is just gonna be a regular episode. So thank you for tuning in on this fine Friday after Thanksgiving. Nunu, how was Thanksgiving? Um, Thanksgiving was stunting. You know, it was skinny. It was caunt. And it was mostly, mostly full of Black Friday shopping. What about you? What did you buy? I bought makeup, obviously. <laughs> did you really buy makeup? Yes! Uh, oh my god, I can't believe you even asked me that. Like, look at me. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with how you say you don't have money, but you constantly have a stream of money that you're shopping with. I have bought nothing for Black Friday. This was a really poor, there was a poor Monday for me. Poor Monday. Girl, not Pink Friday. Uh, <laughs> poor Monday, bitch. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving, you know, it's, first of all, it's not even a holiday. You know, we're done. Just like what was Christopher Columbus Day? Now we have Indigenous People's Day. We have NATO People's Day. Like we're done with Thanksgiving. It's garbage. You know the the get the gag. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get into it. The gag of it was seeing Macy's Day Parade is back. There's no more COVID, everyone. Um, in addition to that, they're just like look at these pilgrims, you know, and Native Americans walking around. I was like, still no, no. Because I, because first of all, I think definitely Gen X and uh, those booby baby boomers still live in that world. And and again. When when we if we think that we don't care about black Latino people and their opinions, America as a whole, and I'm not even putting POC out of this context, we America has not given a fuck about Native Americans for a while, and ah. I, I say that I say that unfortunately, like they, they are not they have not been they don't have the space, they haven't had the space in in advocacy that other communities have had. And it's unfortunate because you would never see people walking down with blackface or for Cinco de Mayo. I would hope that at this point we understand. Y'all still wearing sombreros and let's not do that now. They know they still wearing sombreros out here. But to see black and brown people dress up as pilgrims walking around for the Macy's Day Parade, I was. But I'm glad you bring that up because I went to El Salvador and a history lesson for everyone. Uh. The original Salvadorian people were Mayan. No. <laughs> the, 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 oh, she's Cherokee. The North American, uh, Native yeah. Americans, uh, American Indians are so much more. Buddy, you don't um, see this. You don't see this hair, Shoshone Indian, honey. You are so rude. <laughs> she's an Afro Latina who's bleep 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 because I can't say those words. Honey, but, no, I, I, I was only laughing because Rafi is like really in the history right now. 
Um, and it's just, I love it. I love when you share your knowledge. It's like being a PBS special. Go ahead. No, I've definitely been in my education bag. I've been like watching a lot of volcano videos, earth videos. <laughs> yeah, because first of all, if you don't use your brain, you, you lose it. That's true. That's true. You're so condescending. No, it's this, just... is, this is an American educator with a master's degree in education, making fun of someone just learning because they haven't been back to college. No, no. I, I think it's totally cool and valid. Like, go for it. <laughs> Don't be uncool. So, no, I've been... So, I've been looking into, like, the history of the Civil War in El Salvador and, like, history on how... Or just the American... The, the Salvadorian history. And we came from Mayan people. Again, Native people. But in El Salvador, people think that people... I had conversation with people that thought that we came from Spaniards. So we, it's been so colonized almost that we don't even know our ancestry. So we have Salvadorians that are closer to their, you know, I guess, original heritage. And I guess someone who I'm American Salvadorian. So I have had a different experience, but even people yeah. down there have lost their connection with native American people. Native American people have been uh, just erased from a lot of conversations. And so I think I did notice that they called the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade now the Turkey Day Parade. Did I get that correctly? Yeah, I, I saw that. I mean, I you know we we able we were able to have a conversation I think a couple of days ago about El Salvador and how we really just don't learn enough about the history in general of Latino peoples. Um, I think U.S. history, the way it's taught, is so muddled in, you know, the basics, American Revolution, slavery, civil rights, and then, you know, Vietnam World now. And it misses this whole involvement because I don't think, even as an American and other children, I just don't think we realize our involvement in the El Salvador's history at all. Number one, I think sometimes we think everything, it just, they happen on their own and whatever's going on is what's going on by themselves and as if we have no uh, connection to it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% can acknowledge that the reason why I'm dabbling or uh, diving into the history of El Salvador is because I never, like, even though I lived there for seven months, I never explored it. I never cared to explore that side of my, my, my history for the longest time until I moved up here. And again, I think that w- when we were talking about today in the terms of code switching, I think while I was not, um, while I was not, it, well, during because I was born and raised in New York originally, and so I spent 14 years like around Latino, mostly Latino people. I was surrounded by you know people like me that looked like me. Though again, it was in America. Um, I still leaned. I still leaned towards um, what was uh, exposed to me in, te- in American television. So I always leaned towards Ameri- the American lifestyle before the Salvadorian lifestyle. And I, you know, that even that is a form of code switching, right? Because you really are still pushing away certain cultures and suppressing certain parts of your culture that you haven't experienced before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you love to say that I'm an American. Um, it's weird, obviously, since we don't really have like a connection. The only connection I feel towards America is Christmas. And now that it's Christmas, you know, for the next month or two, I, I feel like we're really in the heart of America. Um, you are very American and there's multiple ways. I think that you are more, I just, I think you're more American in the sense of like, like you, you, the restaurant that you eat and just like, yeah. And like, I feel like certain, just like, like you love your car. That's an American thing. People don't care about cars. Like, like Americans do. 
Um, and so I think that that's where I think, I think of you as a very American person. Um, I do. And also I think you had a more of a middle America lifestyle. You had a, you had a cul-de-sac, which I didn't know what that was until I dated a white man. Um, and I, those you watched Ed, 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 Eddie growing up. There was a cul-de-sac you know, for kids. Okay. I didn't, I didn't really watch that, but he would always bring up a cul-de-sac. I was like, what's a cul-de-sac? Um, and then, so, and so you had your dad, you, you said your dad was a, a, a basketball coach, baseball yeah, coach. Yeah, a basketball coach for my middle school, yeah. And, and all those things are things that I kind of wish my dad were a part of sometimes when I was growing up. I was like, why can't my dad be part of this? But I never even thought that, you know, these were things. You, you, you didn't want it. You would just be a gay on the sideline bitch being like, girl, why am I here, mama? Well, I was <laughs> a manager for soccer at one point. So. And so was I for basketball too, girl. And I was like, why am I here? I want to be Kit Kat and at home, listen to Beyonce. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely think that in terms of culture, it, it, I think culture becomes more apparent, I think, at this time of year, because between Thanksgiving, um, now the Hanukkah, it was still, well, it's still going on, technically. Um, and, and other winter holidays, such as Christmas, are coming up. You know, we, we see the culture and the impacts. Um, and I personally, I just want to say that I am just all about Christmas. But not Christmas in the Christian way. I don't give up. I don't care about the whole Jesus thing. But I do like Santa and I like winter and I like snow. And I just think everyone should enjoy Santa and winter and reindeers and snow because it's fun and we get to give presents. And that's what America is about giving, right? <laughs> I think, and again, that's another American thing about you because I think I love, I love Christmas because I like spending, like celebrating my family. I know that we're going to have like sandwiches, uh, like Salvadorian sandwiches. Uh, we're going to have like dancing and like, you know, drinking and having fun, seeing family that I haven't seen in a while, hopefully Same. and stuff like that. Like, that's what I look forward to. I don't, and because I also, again, I grew up poor, I feel like, so I didn't, we, I stopped getting Christmas gifts at like 17, 16, honestly, my biggest gift I can recall was my PlayStation 2. And after that, my parents said, you got it. And I, I, so like I said, I'm I, still coordinating I, our family Christmas events. I sent the text out like it's pajama theme. Make sure you wear your Christmas pajamas for the Christmas event, y'all. And so, three and, weeks. I, I will, and y'all do that, and I think that's amazing. I love that tradition. Um, but I also am glad that I'm not so much exposed to the, that much of a consumeristic point of Christmas. Um, um and the um, more it's consumer. You it gives full consumer. I want you to know it gives consumer. It gives very capitalistic and it doesn't feel for you. Sometimes what you say, it's like, it doesn't feel like the most, like, you know, you love gifts. That's what you associate. No, with. I love the aesthetic of Christmas, period. That's all. And what more, what more white woman is that? You're, you're basically saying that you're the woman that's having the, like, you're the, you're the wife that's like, our lights better be better than theirs. Like, uh, oh my God. Like, that's lights on the street kind of girl. That Christine Baranski and the live action version of The Grinch, where she is the yes, yes, that's a uh, little Cindy Lou bitch mama. Okay, yeah. bitch, this is the tea. I'm actually like not that girl, as you know. I think never decorate. I don't really care about that stuff. But what that's I do what, care, <laughs> that's the aesthetic of Christmas, though. Right, right. Um, I want someone else to do it for me. I'm too old for that. What I do enjoy, though, it is um, observing the the tiktok layout i know we got banned earlier <laughs> from tiktok and it's it's been a little frustrating and demotivating because we constantly just still see these creators giving absolutely nothing yet they have like two billion likes and the only difference between the, them and us is really skin color um i you know what <laughs> and i would dare say wait 
but no, it's definitely <laughs> color difference. Um, no, for us, I would say for all three, all three of us, honey, we're definitely in our bear phase. Uh, but all three. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. If I have a mama bear, okay, fine. Mama fish, honey. <laughs> Tilapia. Tilapia. <laughs> but no, um, you know, but that that's what I'm saying. Like it when people the I just I really struggle with the idea that at this point we live in a world where we can really classify gay white men as minorities or a sense of that. Or like they because I guess I do understand that there's levels of oppression and levels of like growth, but I I can't is I can't accept the enabling that we do for white men. Uh, I, I feel like when white men are very enabled to be the bare minimum, to do the bare minimum uh, and seek the most rewards for it. And, and, and I don't think we understand how we, when we do that, when we, when we push up people that are just not giving, um, it just puts us down further. It like, it, again, the pedestal is just shifted, shifted even more. We gas up more people that don't have anything to do with us or relate to us sometimes. And, than people that we can actually relate to and know. And that's what I kind of don't like about this whole... Right, right. I think in TikTok, it's just purely like implicit bias. All this like unconscious things that we do. I think the For You page and the likes and the comments, like that's what it really is. So when we to give an example, like obviously there's so many dance creators and so many credits. And usually the, the creator of the dance has less views than the random white person who just did it just to do it or they'll have thousands of hundred thousand likes because they're white and they did the choreography they were on beat but yeah that was it <laughs> most of the time they don't have to be on beat but when white people have beat or rhythm I, everyone loses their mind all all shades of the rainbow lose their mind and go off for that and do. yes mama yes i've seen have you seen that dad that did that Again, he he did it in a cool dad way, but it was like just rhythm. He had he had beat. He knew how to do, follow a beat, and people were like, "Yes, dad is giving this. Uh, dad giving. Yes, papa is giving." And I was like, "I mean, y'all can keep ga- galvanizing these men that really." Don't. All right, he can do the hustle in the seventies. Good job. <laughs> like- and so I just I I really. It's just really demotivating. I've been in really in a I've been in a really demotivated space sometimes because, like I said, I do what I do because I love what I do. I love creating storylines. I love making jokes. So I always do it for the art form, so I don't get demotivated. But recently, it's just been TikTok has been on our asses for no reason, absolutely no reason. I've definitely changed my my content. We are DC's messiest podcast, but I keep my messiness on specifically Instagram and on this podcast. Uh, but it seems like no matter what I do, I'm always trying to overcome an obstacle. While I see, again, a direct person I've worked with in the past who doesn't have another, you know, doesn't have anything else going on besides whiteness and just easiness. It just comes easy for the bare minimum. And it does become motivating. That, that, that's more demotivating, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think as I, well, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I was going to say, I just want to be clear for the audience that, you know, of course, as a person of color, you know, we we go through this kind of normally, of course, daily, like going through seeing our white counterparts getting 
having an easier time. Sometimes, obviously, it's not all the time, but sometimes compared to us in just real life, whether there's dating at the club or job opportunities or, again, content creator. But because TikTok is something we all do and we do it like every day, it's like seeing it in your face all the time. 24 7 versus like oh like one time in the club or like when you didn't get that one thing you wanted um so that's why, why it becomes a little bit more real a little bit more harsher to take because it is so right literally just picking it up right in my hand you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i think so I, as we've moved forward with this podcast we are always grateful for the platform that we've had and i fully attest to the platform that i've had is after the pandemic where I was away from white people, I think, and the people I was working with and really got to find my own space and find my own peace, honestly, and take those comparisons out of my face. And I think now that I'm in TikTok again, and so like being away from all these situations helped me stop code switching, helped me just be my true authentic self more. Uh, But now that I'm back into a space where it's all virtual, but now now these new creators are are literally my, my new... We're, we're what's the contemporary contemporary yes um but now it's, it's exposed a new workspace i guess and so i'm having to dabble into that so that's just the only demotivating thing of all but again we are so grateful for the platform that we have um as long as it doesn't get taken down in a couple months but you know do you remember the person that was on tiktok they used to crush ice with their stomach yeah what happened to her her got taken down like banned for multiple violations, quote unquote. Damn. Damn. Double opposite. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I mean, as a person of color, it's just so easy to get banned. I mean, she was a person of color. They were larger. You know what I yeah. mean? So that they were done already. You're yeah. done. You're done. <laughs> so again, it just makes it very demotivating to exist in the space. But we always know that we. Uh, just have to keep persevering over this climate and just keep pushing the narrative that we our narratives are, are important as well. Um, but as for code switching, we also talk about code switching in a way of niceness and and who you really are. Because sometimes people are more advanced in being multiple personalities than other people. Uh, Nunu is raising her hand for our audio listeners, and I think <laughs> and I one hundred percent agree. I think that I while I. Well, even when I would, my thing is, even when I would code switch, I definitely believe that there's still a level of Raffi that is just uncode switchable. You know what I'm saying? That there's some, there's parts of me that even if I code switch, there's a, there's a Karen that's going to have an issue with me. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have seen Raffi in a lot of environments and it does not change, mama. It does not change. I can't tell the difference between the work, the club, the gym, the podcast. It's pretty much the same. And that's not like, terrible because you know some people are just themselves 24 7 i'm real you know the way you look the way you talk you know very jennifer lopez saying the n-word with ja rule you know <laughs> yeah so, as an <laughs> afro-latino fdc um, yeah, i would definitely think that you are that <laughs> um you know obviously like it's also personality types like you don't have like the capacity to switch, you know what I mean? Like you are so focused on being creative and just thinking about yourself that like, why would you change, <laughs> you know, your voice and your patterns for people who you don't care about, you know? Um, I definitely think that, like I said, I remember specific times I've eaten where I would have to just like 
be in an element where I knew I couldn't say certain things. And even like when I was at Vita and I would teach a class, I would hear other white instructors be like, yeah, we're going to fuck this class up. Yeah, this class is going to be our bitch. Literally the most offensive terminology for a psycho class that did not need to be there. Because while I guess let's go back to my old fashioned that you say, while I am very like free and, and free spirited, there's just something that rubs me the wrong way when people are in like a professional setting setting. They're saying, yeah, yeah. And then just say like fuck. I just think there's so many more inspiring things. That's not that's not gonna connect with me right now. It just um, appears on me because you know, I feel like like I said earlier. Oh wait, did I say this on this episode or our previous episode? I don't know, probably uh-huh. the previous episode. But um, you know, at work now, pre-pandemic, everyone let their guard down and we got more comfortable with each other. Um, it's it's like good and bad in that way. Cause like now we're like really comfortable with each other. Like it's very common for like people to use the N-word to describe kids in like situations. Oh, well, and, like, very, like, I'm saying I'm saying on the mic. I'm saying on the mic. And I mean, and like I said, sometimes you let one slip and on a meeting, girl. And then, uh, well, okay. well, I mean, like I said, I just think, but you're not in front of people. It's not like an, it's a class. I'm talking about specifically classes, like it's fitness classes. If you're an instructor that's cursing and saying, yeah, uh, this class is going to be our bitch, I just my don't. It's just something out. that I know that I couldn't get away with. We could not get away with. I, if I, I fully always was aware of that if I or the other black instructors were ever like, we're going to fuck this class up, that would. Oh. That is just like so try hard, and I don't know if it's like white culture because like Jay Jolie did it, like yeah, fuck yeah, fuck cool, rock on, like ew. And it's really not hard. Yes, yeah. Because I guess that's why it rubbed me the wrong way. Because again, I've been like, whoosh, like I've I've definitely like slept one slip before, but it was and it was an authentic moment where people knew that was not me, and like you know what I'm saying, like that's not where I'm at right now. Uh, but they knew it was an authentic moment. But there's when you are going out of your way to curse in a when you're in on the mic, I just think it's just like it is a try hard because this is not the person we know in the back room. This is not the person we see at the at the check cashing place holding your little. Oh, look, we talked about reasonable black. check cashing. That doesn't see. I'm sure none of those instructors were out there check cashing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, a lot of them are go girl girls. Stop playing. <laughs> a lot of these girls are go go girls. To be clear, um, so no, I just remember like, um, yeah, I just remember that being something that I just could never be get, get away with. So I think that's why I talk about code switching. Is like while I cur- while I curse. While I do this, certain things I know that I can't get away with in workspaces. So I don't try them. Not so much anymore because I really don't care anymore. But like even before the pandemic, I think I would always be more cognizant about that. I definitely feel like as a male in education, I can be a lot more unprofessional. Um, and, you know, sometimes I take advantage. And it's usually just in the <laughs> It's just because I like dress down constantly or leave early. <laughs> <laughs> or you know uh do it Lunu loves to be like Lunu will talk about her and her co-workers and be like yeah me, me and, and my girls me and the girls me and, me and my girls me and the girls and you will automatically assimilate yourself with the women like they like y'all are being all treated the same um it's also super yeah it's so weird i got you know another male comes in the office i'm like oh, honey when they yeah. come to <laughs> 
They come to go visit the girls. <laughs> I feel like you're finally living your true like, like I guess this was you in high school too. You, you said you always hung out with the girls in high school. So. I also went again to a small school and it was mostly girls. So it was about 60, actually 70% girls in my class. Like it was just all girls anyways. And then we went to, of course, a women's college. <laughs> I, like, I so just you, like girls. Oh, oh, that's a good point too. That's a good point. I guess we did. We really had, we grew up very differently. Because you, well, you were in like elementary school, middle school, high school, you were hanging out with girls. Most of the schools I went to from, honestly, K through college had a majority female presence in terms of the population. Like legitimately, I was hanging around mostly females my entire life. So it really changed when I moved to D.C. That was like, I remember being and still, I still think about that. I'm like, wow, things changed so much because it was the first time I was hanging out with men. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're like gay men, but like I just was like I never used to hang out with boys. I used to only hang out with girls. It's so interesting because I, while I from high school up, always hung out with the girls. Once I mean that was again clearly after puberty, like something changed. But before, like from elementary school, preschool, and all the way up, I did probably preschool. I played with some girls. But then my dad, I, maybe that, that happened when my dad pulled me out when I was wearing that little apron. He was like, we're not doing that. Um, I always hung out with boys from fifth grade, from like elementary school to eighth grade. I remember all my best friends were eight, like eighth, like eighth grade was a boy. I fully promise you. What would you I, have to talk to put a boy about in the 90s? And everything? Well, again, <laughs> I would play basketball. I would play basketball. And again, I played, I played WWE. I, I kept up with WWE at the, at the basketball. I was, a I was a Pokemon girl at the time. I was uh I was into the I was into Blade Blades and all those kinds of things at one point. At one point, all Yu-Gi-Oh! All, at one point I was one of the boys. Yes, I was. But you know, Pokemon I, is for the gays, let's be very clear. And, but again, I would still be like listening to Hillary Duff and doing different things that they were. But again, I still listen to this was also <laughs> this was also when uh you know Headsprung. You say you don't know Headsprung, but I literally had a whole era when I was listening to like all I would listen to is LL Cool J and Will Smith. So I, I was just like very in that bag. Yeah, very in that bag. Um so yeah, I was definitely one of the boys before I would mostly listen to boy artists. We were so different because at eight years old, Barbara, I was at the Destiny Child concert with my female cousin. Me and Tiffany went to the motherfucking concert to see Destiny Child. Stop saying female. I like female because I feel that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the future is what? Female. Um, so like, I had literally like, this is what I did. Um, that I, That makes more sense, I guess, because we're, when we're talking about code switching, I sometimes when you are more able to be like you're able to be like mean, to, like talking shit, dog <laughs> shit about somebody, <laughs> and then you will walk across that person and be like, "Oh, hey, girl, what's up?" Like you, you can really go. It's just feminine culture, you know. No shade, girls, but you know, Rafi notices if I stay like, the whole day with the girls and then talk to him, I'm like a lot more talking sharp shit. tongue, sharp talking tongue. <laughs> Shit. We're critical. And I grew up again from my developmental years were with boys. And so I boys that's what girls do, which is like I guess and I do, and I'm not acting above it because I definitely am like my mom where I do do the cheese man. And but like I talk about people that like first of all, we both can like I have history with and that I know I don't like. Nunu will talk straight shit about people she sees on the TV, y'all. She'll be like, oh my God, not with that weight. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, 
There it uh, is. Girl, there the only thing I said was that Adele put a, a band around her stomach. That's what I said, girl. Oh Let's be clear. Let's be clear. And she Adele did. Was gonna get this and she did. And that's no shade to mama because she looks good. But did Adele get the lap band, y'all? It's not even about weight. I want to be clear. Like, it's not about me talking it's about, not about weight or anything. But right. I, I think that people need to realize like the clear intention. She did a whole rollout. Did this big interview with Oprah. Oprah's like, it's not about the weight, right? She's like, no, it's not about the weight. I eat what I want. I do what I want. And I'm like, I yeah, but you don't lose that. <laughs> you do it what I you want. I lost 100 pounds, y'all. I lost 100 fucking pounds. Let me tell you, honey, things don't snap back. Things do not. That skin, especially if you were overweight most of your life, you're going to have a lot of extra skin. And that woman does not have no extra skin. And that butt is nice and bouncy. So and it's no, just common at this point. Like no, we should know, not talk about this. No, 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 no I, I did it. No, what if she actually did it though? What if she actually did? What if she, because also at the like, end of the day, skims to are me, a thing. skims are skims are a thing. Skims are a thing. Um, all those other things are a thing. So maybe she it's, did. It's, maybe she did. Obviously, there's always going to be a choice. Just I like with all celebrities, like we did. It's problematic enough, so I don't think we did. I don't think it's. I don't I think don't, it's problematic no. because I'm going to say it because we have to look at the fact she has a certain audience, including us, including overweight girls. I felt that, you know, having someone to resonate with is really important. And then sometimes when you come back skinny and she talked about the interview, she's like, well, no, I don't feel responsible to validate somebody's body. I don't care that I lost weight. And she's obviously acknowledging it. But these celebrities are not just her, like all of them, everyone on TikTok, everyone on social media. They get these surgeries, these fillers, these BBLs, these things, and they act like it's normal. And I, as a counselor, again, I'm saying this from my perspective, I now have all these students who are constantly having more body issues, no matter what they identify as gender, like males, females are common to be well, body issues say- in more abundance because they're believing what they see. And it's makeup, it's wigs, it's fillers, it's nip tuck, it's things they don't talk about. They don't have to talk about it, but we also have to be real in the image we're portraying so that people don't think that's what it looked like, that I can be Adele, hike, eat what I want, and look like that next year, because you can't. As a person who lost 100 pounds, like I said, things don't snap back, you will lose weight, and that body dysmorphia, and I'm not saying that her body dysmorphia is probably gone, it's definitely probably not. No, probably it, not, because it's what? impossible. It's actually factually impossible. Especially being a celebrity, body. like, it's going to be terrible. Especially being a celebrity, especially being a woman. I just You're a woman, imagine. absolutely. So, I don't believe that it's just, it's gone. However, I was down to 13% body fat at one point, and I could have told you, honey, that I was still fat, and I was unworthy, and I was all this, and now that I am 20 pounds heavier than that, like, full fact, I still see myself almost the same. Like, yes, I can see certain things, honey, but, like, for the most part, I've never been able to, like, really see my body for what it actually is, and that's because I used to be overweight, and for the most part, I, like I said, I had excess skin. I was lucky because I guess I didn't. I lost 100 pounds, but I lost it very slowly. But when you lose 100 pounds in the course of six months, and it's just, it, there's no way skin just comes back like that. So I, I'm, I'm only commenting on the fact that. It's more just as a celebrity, the, the image yeah. of portray. I don't care what she looks just like. She can be real. That I do think if she did get a lap band, if that is a thing, I do think we need to be real about those situations with your public because you need to tell them, yeah, I lost it, honey. I really lost that weight. 
Um, I think about even like everything. Like I, I feel like there's certain cultures who are more real about things. Like I think that I'm gonna say black women, of course, but you know, there's some girls who are like more draggy, like Gaga, who are just more real about the things. Like this ain't my hair. Like these girls really just come out like I'm just beautiful. And I'm like, this is not real, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, and like, and I, I just want people to uh, at home to fully under like, uh, like understand that we are not trying to come for Adele's weight. No, it's not about I her. Really, I really just, like I said, I do want to acknowledge that sometimes the veil or the Wizard of Oz is like around the corner, and when you have that much power, that much influence, I just you you have to think about those things. So I don't think it's re- I think it's reckless for people to say like. If it's true, like, oh, I I just eat what I want and I, you know, I just stop drinking. I agree. It, 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 it's reckless. Because then you really are telling people like, oh, wow, then what's wrong with me? Uh, and I remember being that person. I remember thinking that way. And then it's just a, in like a cycle. So I really hope that if she did lose it by lose, stopping drinking, that at least she'd be honest that, honey, I had to get something. Because you cannot lose 100 pounds and not have something done. And I say this as uh, anyone who knows Nunu outside, this is transformation, the power of transformation. I know what it takes, girl. Mm-hmm. So I know all this is fake. Um, <laughs> this is fake from the head up, girl. Look at this. Look at me. So what would you tell somebody that is a young gay right now what do you tell your kids that are going through these body dysmorphia and they're talking about BBLs and lip injections at six? I actually try to just be very honest and talk about my own struggles. Like I was the skinniest I ever was. And just like you said, I was the skinniest I ever was at 19. And then I felt fat. That's just it. And I, I'll tell them how much you think I weigh. Like I'm, I'm totally okay with talking about my own body because that's just a real example and every time I do it, they'll be like, oh, I think you weigh this much. And it's always legitimately 45 pounds lighter than I actually am. And just having these conversations about how we carry things and the importance, because there are just so many boys and girls who feel like they're just too big. And I'm like, that's just in your head. Like, I don't know how to tell you that, though. And I can guarantee you, I could pull any adult and they'll be like, you're so skinny. You're fine. You're this. And it shouldn't be like, you're so skinny, but it should just be, you're healthy. You're fine. Like, you're, you're, you're good. Um, but it's hard. So how do you how do you compete with social media? How do you compete if parents families are not telling their kid they look beautiful? Like, do families tell their children no. they look beautiful? They really don't. I, I don't think it's like an American thing to do, or you know, it, it's very like awkward. I yeah, guess I, think, I don't know. I think, but you can also sometimes tell your child that they're beautiful too much. Then then social media will just. Add, again, social media is just a new, I think, demon that we don't fully know how it kind of switched our minds and our validation. And I have to be very cognizant now that I've entered into a world where likes are part of my job, that I don't let likes control my my opinion. And about it's hard. It is so it is hard, really hard because, you know, if you haven't gone through it, you know, when you start first getting a little attention and notifications all the time, it is fun. It is a fun adrenaline rust and you want to keep it going. But when it doesn't go- come then as creators you can automatically kind of turn inward like am i terrible am i boring am i ugly am i not giving enough am i not doing this and it's not that it's literally algorithms math numbers biases things that have nothing to do with us and we'll never be able to control yeah and so that's what letting realizing that i have no control and that i have the blessing to have a podcast where that people are listening to thank you by the way 
um, and li- like having all the access to the thing, I'm just grateful that I'm at where I'm at because I know that there are people that are just like me out there trying to like get their stuff started and they ha- cannot get out the ground. And so I really am just really grateful that we have this and that we have had so many opportunities coming up, like the one that's coming this week. I am excited to, oh my God, what's coming this week, bitch? The fuck? Well, when is this dropping? I can't, I don't know if I can bring it up if it drops before. I don't know if it's either. This, this is dropping this Friday? Well, yeah, we can't, we can't, we, I can, we can't. We're in India, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> we actually did sign something, y'all. But we will, um, we will be announcing an exciting partnership coming up very soon. Written by many parents. <laughs> and we got our shit restored. And we got our shit restored. So we can go live, but I'm not going live because I'm going to give them the energy at this point. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you can't just kiki on live anymore on TikTok. It, it, it's crazy. But you know what? Like we, they, they said that earlier. You know, Instagram, TikTok, the way gays specifically kind of talk to each other, it seem as seen as like bullying and hateful online. If you write it out, if you say it, because we do use words like bitch and no, uh, faggot and all these things. I don't like that, the people that use their meanness as their personality. Though. I really can't. I can't really vibe because I was bullied. So I'm, and you know, you're not really that person. I know. I've seen you out in public, and you're not that person. I'm public. not a mean girl, of course. Uh, you're not a public mean girl, but I don't I'm like these a- girls that make it their personality. Like, oh my god, you look fat in that, um, and I really will just tell you these just mean comments because they feel like shit about themselves. And I've had people in my life that are like that, and I realize, like, you know, and I know how to turn it off because at this point I'm like, bitch, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just like said so much of their personality, right? Like we've seen the girls on Drag Race, we've seen the girls on, on, these, on the, the strokes where they just feel compelled to just be mean to people. Not for television, not for that, just because they feel very invalid for themselves, you know? Yeah, and, and that just happens. Um, I, I I always, always want people to just love themselves. And because if you're being mean, it's like truly mean to someone like outwardly. You have a lot of stuff going on and you just have to see if, if, it's, if it's necessary. Like, is it kind? Is it worth it? And most likely it's not. And I feel that way towards not even just talking. I'm talking about like when you're driving and you're interacting with people in customer service and you're out and about, like, is your comments helpful? Are you making people's lives easier or harder? Mm-hmm. Are you holding people accountable or are you just really being an asshole to them? Uh, I really would say that too, because I also have stopped my fair share of being a bitch to people on, 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 in, on TikTok. I really have not added fuel to fires anymore. And I used to be that bitch that would really feel, add fuel to fire. Not in a really aggressive, I would never call someone a name, but I would really be a bitch to certain creators. And I really right. need to be a lot more calmer uh, just because, like I said, I don't, I, they, I know that they are, I, I can't really, it, it, I can't just, spark trouble even though i have a tone and a narrative to it that i really find it important telling people holding people accountable just for nothing really doesn't get anything done either so i really would always like say like don't fill your life with unnecessary drama i've started like biking and i and sometimes nunu will be on the phone with me and i'm still biking i will say like fuck this bitch who's like literally like like in my way on my bike but like sometimes i'll just be in my zone and i'll and i'll hear like and i'll and someone i'll i won't stop for somebody that i have the right away for and they'll get mad at me and instead of and old rafi would be like bitch what 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 oh, but i literally don't even turn around and i keep walking i don't even turn around because they it, 
it doesn't matter. What are you going to engage in? What are you going to do? So don't, I see a lot of people still fighting on the, on the Metro and like all these videos of people just like getting and scrapping. And I'm just like, don't put your lives in risk anymore. Like, stop. This is like a dangerous world we live in right now, you know? Right. It's just also just, um, <laughs> right. It reminds me of that South Park post COVID special where they're just like, Oh, did you fired. see that? I did. I did. It was um, very funny. Very funny. And I just, wait, I just, my quick tangent, I did grow up on South Park. It's been around my whole life. I've been watching it since I was in elementary school. Um, and to be around still 20 years later um, and watching it is so amazing for me, um, specifically because it's important to see how people grow. I think South Park is an extremely great version of growth, how you grow with the times, how you grow and be modern and, and not be afraid to still address be, things. Still can be a, yeah, yeah, still can be a dick too. Cause it's still I their think, comedy, but they did it yes. in the modern way. Yes. And I feel like all these other shows, there's a lot of shows out here. I mean, I, you know, the Simpsons is a blueprint, but we don't need yes. 45 seasons of nothing. Um, yes. And I love family guy, but like, there's nothing like, there's no commentary. There's no, yeah. like Kyle Parker is literally talking about what's going on right now. Not afraid. And that's hard to do because it's, I, that means it's dated. That means it's real and people are going to have reactions. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been, I was watching a, a, a podcaster that, or listening and watching a podcaster, a horror film podcaster. I've been really in my horror bag. I really suggest any horror fans out there go download. And this is not sponsored shutter TV. Um, like where, where Dracula is, they have a good array of horror movies. I kind of want to show you some of them because they're actually really, like, legit. I, the, I have the shutter channel so I can check yeah, it out. So, I mean, I mean, uh, better watch out haunt. Um, a lot of these, uh, Revenge, I'm about to watch Revenge. A lot of these movies are really good, really cinematographic, good cinematography. The acting is, you know, sometimes mediocre, but really good. Um, but I was watching uh, uh, a commentary on one of these movies and the person was like, yeah, I really like M. Night Shyamalan. This was a different movie, but like M. Night Shyamalan because, you know, like he's Indian and he still makes movies like, this is a white person, by the way. He, still, he just, he, but he doesn't feel the need to bring his like stories. Ultra, you know. <laughs> And I was like, and I know what she's trying to say, but like, no, no, no. Whatever it is is wrong. That'd be clear. And whatever it is is wrong. Whatever it is is wrong because I don't, I also don't, like I said, I don't want people to feel like they have to write stories about their trauma or their experience. There's none of, none of that. I'm not saying that. And you know what? I, and M. Night Shyamalan is a horror person. So maybe he is like, oh, you know what? Horror what is going to be for white horror. people. Horror. Okay. But but there are so many ways that he can tell his story using structures of, of cultures that are that are like that his that people relate to him can view themselves. Um, so I just felt like, again, that's another layer. I want to like start a horror podcast because I love horror, but it's such a white area i'm like all the movies are white all the directors are white oh my god have you seen dragula what are you talking about i mean i love dragula and like i said I, and i'm gonna be on it next season clearly you're gonna be Ooh. on you're gonna be on dragula Ooh. you're on uh, drew paul's drag race you're gonna be on queen universe uh, <laughs> did that drop uh tomorrow tomorrow oh no you said today no, Queen of the Universe premieres tomorrow, and that's when they're going to reveal the cast alongside the Queen, the Queen Who Stole Christmas, a Christmas special starring Ginger Man, James Mansfield, RuPaul, and other queens I can't remember. 
Uh, I'm so glad that Jane Masfield is out here working. She As she was, should. Icon. Yeah, legend. She's a Chicana. She's a Chicana. I know. I know my girls. Hair legend. Um, but yeah, so I really want, and I think that's something I, I was reflecting on the other day, like, I haven't had, like, I, I definitely look for in a partner that someone could, that could really spend, like, horse, that they, they could do the horror stuff with me. Like, talk, I, I could really talk. Fully my... agree with that point with you. Like I, I'm, I'm only interrupting because you know you you have such bad opinions on relationships. But no, I, I'm that is one up, of your. I'm glad you picked up on my transition. That yeah. is one of your greatest, greatest opinions. Um, I think it's so important to have a topic or a subject that you really are passionate about and maybe talk about with your partner. Like I really think my partner and I love and live for our conversations we've been talking about that today like how much we just enjoy talking to one another and about similar subjects like i am a really nerdy girl so i love like anime and obscure anime and video games and that is something like i'm able to really talk about just really with him like i really don't have anyone else in the whole world ever able to express and understand so like i hope you find like a very spooky girl like me who yeah i not a spooky girl like me I don't don't like horror like that (laughs) yeah I love horror I really realized how much I love I I was just watching the season finale of Chucky and I watched this old couple that like I like ship them so hard even though they're like boring and and, like white but like they watch Chucky and react and I just love how they like connect about it and I really find that charming and like I said I want I would love to have someone that could talk about Chucky and all these new movies are coming out and probably because it's something I grew up with. Um, and I also um, can see why that probably put me more sad with the last partner I had because he was a horror person as well. And so I think that kind of added a layer that I lost that immediately. Like I can't have someone that I can talk about horror with because horror is such a good genre. And I think it's overrun by just the same opinions that, that are regurgitated in different ways. Um, but I definitely um, thought about that. But what Nunu is talking about is that today we were talking about relationships in the scope of Nunu sometimes feels bad for people or like. Oh, like my God. I mean, oh, my God. Again, I, I know I can't talk about this on camera because you will not own up to it. So no, let's talk about it. So I, I will say I'll own it to it. I do think I have a bias and I do think my bias. And I don't want to say like it's my bias because I do think there's a general bias. And I just I guess I'm just perpetuating it that to be happy, one must be in a relationship, which, of course, is not true. You can totally be happy if you feel not in a relationship. I'd say I usually talk about the girls that we're around and the girls that we interact with, the people I interact with, you, everyone else want to be in a relationship. Um, want is a loose term. I think that's a loose term. I'm not I saying y'all need to. I'm not saying you're working to, but I'm saying y'all want one essentially. Not like right now, like I want to be a boyfriend tomorrow. I'm just saying like that's yeah. something that you want. That's something I definitely think about. I 100%. However, I my thing is, and I will stand tall on my ten toes saying this. I am not going just. I I can't. I have standards, and not like body or superficial. I'm talking about behavioral standards. Yeah, and I have like actual like I can't not connect. I can be with someone right now, but I can't be with someone I can't connect to. I can't be with someone that's trying to clout chase. I can't be with someone. That doesn't see me for who I am or only has a certain skew of me. I can't be with someone that needs me to be this person. Um, And I also realized that in my past relationship, I experienced a lot of trauma. 
not like I'll never forget my first fight with that boy or them now. Um, was that woman? They, they um, no, I, I still think they are they. Um, so I was talking to that person and they, I was talking about, yeah, like if I was poor, I would have to do sex work, honey. I'm gonna do sex work. And this is the upper, this is a rich white person, by the way. Um, and they were, they, they immediately got mad. They're like, how dare you? Like, I'm your boyfriend. How dare you say that to me right now? And like, got in such a huge, like, angry at me. And like, I never understood that. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I just thought that was gay talk. Uh, yeah, talk. But, then, <laughs> but then that skewed this person that he wanted me to be. Like, I couldn't talk about those kinds of things. He wanted me to be a Christian. He wanted me to be a Catholic. He wanted me to be the, the husband. Like, I can't wait to have the kids and you're going to be like the dad, right? And I was like, I do understand that I have the parental energy. Like, I have dad in me. But I also am, I want to build my nurturing side. Don't put me in a box that only is going to skew something for you. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, I fully, fully relate. I had like a, a cuddle buddy who was like my unrequited lover's ex-boyfriend. You know how it goes. Anyway, um, and I remember the weirdest thing about him. I hope he does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing about him i thought was so weird i thought i just thought he was the weirdest person ever he was like yeah don't watch porn that's gross another i did not i was like what like how are you growing sex i mean i'm saying like you need porn to grow sexually but like if you have it available and you want to try things like to me if you're not watching porn that is like a red flag to me i was like what are you doing there, like, well, <laughs> they would be like, no, don't watch porn you can't watch porn and you can't have a stripper at the wedding or something like that and i was just like what was like, what, what? No. and like realizing part of me probably joined that fraternity to fit more into that masculine like man like man lifestyle and i realized that that was like so i i do think i have such a tenacity that I have to be able to be myself and if the and like that enters a world where people are like drawn to me but drawn to me for different reasons that I'm drawn to them and so I think that's why I feel so okay with saying that yeah I'm not in a relationship because I see so many people like in relationships that in my opinion would not work for me and so I always like to say that the settling is never the choice never the thing especially when you're gay life is so fun when you're gay so why? Yeah, like, y'all straight people boring. Was that TikTok style? Like straight people are so boring. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. Like you can live your life to the fullest. I mean, it's it's a it's a double edged sword though for the gays. I'm gonna be very clear because especially for the those who identify for male, you know, we put these body standards. You know, we hate old males. So like, I I see why, yeah, but girls, I'm just saying, be in a relationship because it fulfills you. Period. If it, if it works for you, period. If you're feeling valid and you're growing, that's all I can say. Um, and we don't need to put a countdown on it. It doesn't need to be, a, I'm unknown forever. I'm never going to find anyone. It doesn't need to be all that. It just needs to be you working actively towards fulfilling your life. And eventually someone will come along and you'll find them and it'll work out. And also, I don't want to go through a breakup again. Like I've gone through so many like situationship breakup. Love is a game. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to feel a breakup when I'm jumping in with a relationship with someone. It better be something that we're gonna make. Oh Her, my I god, mean. forever! And so I, again, I really know. I if I if the energy's off, I don't need someone that I'm gonna break up with, and then it's just gonna like post 
like, you know, Instagrams to get back at me, to make me feel like they're happy without me. I can't live like that, right? Like that, I, I would that hope like, that that is not a person that you would end up with. I would hope the person you end up with is mature and, you know, responsible. Like, I, I feel confident personally that if I were to ever break up, that I wouldn't have to go through, you know, any of that petty child stuff. But, you know, you never I feel like you, no, okay, before, can we rewind it back? Can we rewind it back? Because I feel like you kind of foster a girl in there that would do stuff like that. Me? Yes. Me personally to do stuff like that? Yes. No, if I got to break up, the only thing I'm going to do is very easy. I'm going to make really sad lip sync videos. Like, that's literally all I'm going to do. You won't, like, be, like, trying to make the person jealous or make the person think that they're... Like, you, would make, you would make your partner be, like... like I <sighs> actually am so fortunate and that my partner is, like, so anti-social media that I, like, don't have to, like worry and i honestly think that helped a lot and i know it's very like beyonce and kanye in a sense like to just have like to you know be off instagram off the grid it does help and i know it's hard because you want a relationship because a lot of you girls use a relationship for aesthetic you don't have to be on your own no shame um it really no it's no shame but y'all really use your relationship for aesthetics like my, my aesthetic is relationship and i am happy that my partner i have separate outlets and I use my social media for me like posting what I want to do in myself and it's not and I don't have to post my relationship because if you know me you know my relationship you know yeah we're going strong for five years and and we're good is that a red flag is that a red flag when your partner has specific posts for for y'all to be together with like oh my god today we're getting that post for like Thanksgiving with the family all that kind of stuff I think it's bad when it's like extremely, extremely regimented. I mean, because I'll be a victim, you know, the first year, you know, everything to love. You want to take your pictures, you know, make sure I'm on my date yeah, night, yeah, 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 do yeah. this. But then, I mean, I'm just saying it's a personal experience. I became so like disillusioned just because I felt like, what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? Especially because my partner wasn't even active on social media. So it was just like me forcing pictures and wanting these events and these moments and the truth is especially pre-pandemic when we go out to all these places like I'm not taking pictures I'm not videoing I'm just very trying to live in the moment at this point and that's it like we've done a lot of things that people don't know people don't know some people in my boy life don't know if I'm in a relationship not relationship I'm still alive I don't know um but I also don't care because why do people need to know um, I know. I think it's just it's safer to keep the social media aspect out of the situation because you don't want people. I don't. Again, another reason why I don't want to break up is because I don't want people to be like, "Oh my god, y'all broke up!" Like a social. I remember when I like took my ex off my Facebook. People commented and were like, "Oh my god!" Facebook was messy back then. Messy back then, girl. You would really be a mess back then. No. I want everyone to know if you are not familiar with Facebook and you're on this podcast, you, your Facebook would let people know that you, uh, they are no longer together. And then it would allow people to react comment. and comment. You react. Bitch. Damn. <laughs> and this gaggy, like, you no one wants to do the whole Camilla Sean, like, Hey guys, that, you know, we're, we're broken up. I don't ever yeah, want to be in that. Like, like, you position. Wonder, like, why do they have to announce it? But yeah, you have to sometimes because then you have people like are messing. Like, oh, they're cheating. So I just, like I said, my thing is that's another holdback, I guess, from a relationship because I really need to find someone that's going to be in there in the long haul and not just going to make, make, make that, make, make it hard for me to be with them in a year or two. Yeah. Um, and another plug so. again, use your social media for you. I 
had the lamest Facebook MySpace era in history. I used to make weird photo edits and be super lame. And I have locked many things away. And I was so embarrassed for so many years. And I would just focus on likes and numbers and feel really bad about myself. And then when I got dragged, I found like being happy again on social media because I'm just doing what I wanted to do like I was doing before, which is sharing my art. And that's all I literally want to do with it. Like, what I, I know everyone's born to do different things. Some girls want to perform, sing, act, make skits, direct, whatever you want to do, do that. I just like taking pictures personally. Like that's something I always like to do and sharing it makes me happy. And that's what I want to use my social media for. I want to go to social media and see my connections with that. I don't want to see drama. I don't want to see people commenting on my life and my choices, you know? Mm. So yes, 100%. I think that this is a new age for relationships. So I'm glad that we touched on that because we were definitely going to bring that up about relationships and not having to feel that because you also don't, you want to make sure that you stop the to bring it back to coach switching. Um, so oh, you always want to remember that like, you don't know who you are sometimes. And some people will just be in a relationship not knowing who they are. So again, that's where that, where I, where in, in my sense of the word, I didn't know who I was. So I was accepting of being this, father figure one day and I was accepting not talking about sex and not talking about uh porn and doing all that stuff and now I could never would never and I want all my babies out there to know that if someone ever tells you you cannot do this to be with me then it's not a relationship it is not a stable relationship it is not healthy unless it's you cannot cheat on me I right, as long as you're not harming anyone then yeah. that's 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 really what it is what a topic what a top oh girl we talked some time this say um and then we touched on so many subjects so we want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode if you want to learn more about wait don't do it find us on again find us on wait don't do it podcast on tiktok and instagram and where they can find you Nunu. make sure you follow the dame at Nunu parish y'all on instagram tiktok twitter that mm-hmm. i post and stuff and always reach out to wddi podcast at gmail.com for brand collaborations sponsorships event hosting anything you want we got for you babe and comments uh if you ever want to talk about the podcast because we know that a lot of y'all are watching us now uh we just checked the stats and we were like wow we have a following now so thank you so much for tuning in every week wow that was a surprise because we again i cannot stress enough we were only tuning into six listeners during season one and two absolutely and um we're gonna keep growing keep making it and as we wrap up december let's be clear y'all it's december we got like two more weeks it's about to be christmas holidays new years let's get it together and just have fun it's the end of the year y'all it's a new year let, let this be a really new year y'all like how can we make this new like another year every year of my life has been different and i'm really glad about that so truly trust me <laughs> that is shade. But it's no, true. for me too, girl. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, thought, I thought you were shady, but that's true. That's true. I really, I've lived in different places. I've seen different things. So always I look different. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Adios, mi niños. Bye.